Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Criminalia. This season, we're exploring the lives and motivations of some of the most notorious imposters throughout history. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. And this episode is chock full of good history stuff. We have a <laughs> shipwreck, a contended inheritance, and a butcher. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, dun, dun, dun. It doesn't come with butchery <laughs> violence. That's literally just a vocation. Just a butcher. We're gonna talk about. <laughs> You're going to meet three men, sort of Arthur Orton, Thomas Castro, and Sir Roger Titchborne. And we're going to start with the man named Arthur Orton. So there's actually nothing particularly noteworthy or interesting about Arthur. He was born in March of 1834 in London, and he was the son of a London butcher. And he did, as he grew up, learn his father's trade. Arthur, in his young adulthood, spent some time at sea and a year in South America. 
mostly in Chile. By the middle to late 1850s, though, Arthur was living in Australia. It was around the same time, in 1854, that a 25-year-old man named Sir Roger Tichborne was lost at sea. So a little bit of a spoiler alert here. But he is the man at the center of this whole affair. Indeed. So let's talk about the baronet Sir Roger for a minute. Uh, He was born into a wealthy London family. He was raised in Paris and he was given a first class education. Actually, he was just given a first class everything. (laughs) Uh, He was in love with his cousin Catherine, but the families wouldn't allow the marriage. And perhaps to take his mind off of not being able to be with the woman he had fallen in love with, a brave Sir Roger decided to join the 6th Dragoon Guards in Dublin when he was 20. And that regiment had a fairly prestigious history, reaching back to 1685, when it was formed as the Queen Dowager's Horse, which is a great name. But Roger did not stick with this. He sold his commission, which was for a long time the way you would actually gain a promotion in right. the military. Uh, and he sold his commission just a few years after he had entered in 1852. In 1853, he became the heir to the Tichborne title and fortune. At this point, we know Sir Roger was a wealthy, well-educated young man from a good family. I mean, he was practically at this time a model of an eligible bachelor. Right. Everyone would have wanted to marry him because not only was he worldly and sophisticated, but also title and money. Yeah, he was minted. But even before he had inherited that family fortune and taken on his title and with no marriage plans in sight, in 1853, prior to that news, Roger had decided to live in the sunshine, swim the sea and drink the wild air. Okay, so Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote that, not Roger, (laughs) but uh, Sir Roger is the one who actually did those things. In April of 1854, Sir Roger, upon completing a tour of South America, boarded a ship called the Bella. And the Bella was headed for Jamaica, although there are some accounts of the destination that are other locations. But just four days after departing, the Bella was reported missing. And subsequently, its wreckage was found off the Brazilian coast. No survivors were found, and Roger was declared dead in 1855. Distraught, Lady Tisborne, who was Roger's mother, refused to believe that her son had drowned. Encouraged by a clairvoyant's assurance her son was alive, she began running notices seeking news about his whereabouts in the Times. She shared that he had set sail on a ship called the Bella, but there had been a shipwreck and her son, named Sir Roger Charles Doty Tichborne, was presumed lost at sea. She wrote that she would offer, and I'm going to quote this, most liberal reward for any information that may definitely point out his fate. There had been rumors that some of the passengers and crew had survived that shipwreck and had been rescued by the crew on a ship called the Osprey, which was headed for Melbourne, Australia. Lady Tichborne heard these rumors, and of course, they naturally buoyed her hopes that her son might still be alive. So she contacted a man named Arthur Cubitt of the Missing Friends Office in Sydney to place notices on her behalf in the press in Australia. And it was agreed upon, and the notices gave details of the Bella's final voyage. Sir Roger was described as, quote, of a delicate constitution, rather tall, with very light brown hair and blue eyes. 
just less than three months later, Lady Tichborne's advertisements did begin to appear in Australia, asking for any information about her son, Sir Roger Tichborne, whose ship disappeared at sea off South America in 1854. She never actually had a reply, though, until May 1865. Shortly after the notices were published, a butcher named Thomas Castro revealed some compelling information during a bankruptcy examination. So that's a lot to process. Yes, <laughs> but yes it is. He had opened his own butcher shop, but that did not work out well. He apparently was not great at business and went broke. While he was going through this bankruptcy discussion, he talked about how he had once survived a shipwreck and that he actually owned large properties in England. And if anyone were observing closely, they would notice that Castro smoked a pipe engraved with Sir Roger's initials. So this pipe had the letters RCT engraved on it. That's when, in November 1865, an Australian solicitor named William Gibbs wrote to Lady Tichborne about a man who claimed to be the long-lost baronet. It was at this point when Castro and Lady Tichborne began a correspondence. But here, there's another oddity. His correspondence was full of misspellings and grammatical errors and what makes that odd is that Sir Roger, if you recall, had been a very well-educated man. So we're going to take a break for a word from a sponsor. Was Arthur Orton also known as Thomas Castro? We're going to find out when we come back. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, -day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. 
And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Your home should be your haven, and everyone wants to feel safe at home. If you travel a lot, it's really important that your home is secure when you're gone and that your pets are also safe. Simply Safe is advanced home security that puts you first. Simply Safe sent me a home security package, and I was really blown away by all the cameras and the quality of them. When I travel, I could check in on my cats anytime, day or night, and I sleep better knowing that once our alarm is set at night, I know that I'll be alerted if anyone tries to enter the house. Simply Safe has been named in U.S. News and World Report's best home security systems for five years running. It's also been ranked best customer service in home security by Newsweek. By partnering with Simply Safe, I've finally gotten real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get an exclusive 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E.com/criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes. Clothing that not only promises, but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about what's known as the Tichborne Claimant. This story can get a little confusing. You might feel like you need a flowchart. So to revisit and review, we're going to jump back to Arthur, who we mentioned at the top of the show for a moment. And if you're thinking there might be a direct connection between Arthur and Thomas the Butcher, you're right. They I can't are believe in you fact spoiled the same it. You person. spoiled it. <laughs> I know. 
I mean, two butchers, both in Australia, got some confusion. Can't have that. <laughs> it's not that there was only one butcher ever in the greater Sydney area. Presumably, there were more meat needs than that. But in this case, <laughs> the same person. So Arthur, at this time, was actually still living in Australia and had also, around this time, started using a new name, Thomas Castro. And Castro was employed as a butcher in Wagga Wagga. So one thing that was a little strange in our research efforts here that we both hunted for and never found any real solid evidence around, we couldn't find any real reason that Arthur might have taken on this new identity there's plenty of speculation. I saw one article speculate that he owed some debts and was just trying to dodge them. I saw that too. And and that's very possible, you know. I mean, um, it makes logical sense, but we yeah. literally have nothing other than a guess to back that up. So we can only speculate why he started using a new name or why he chose this particular name. We just don't know this part of the story. Who knows? We could do an entire show on speculating why Thomas Castro <laughs> We exists. could make up so many ideas. <laughs> right? I have so marvelous. many theories. <laughs> um, when Castro saw Lady Tichburn's notice in a local paper, he saw opportunity. Castro claimed to be Sir Roger Tichborn, who had been declared lost at sea. Wagga Wagga and Riverina residents, though, knew who Thomas Castro was before his claim to the Tichborne estate. For instance, the Honorable James Gormley first met Castro in Deniloquin, where Castro was working as a butcher at the time. Other people met him after he relocated to Hay, which is also in New South Wales, and he worked in a slaughterhouse for a man uh, who went by the name Parramatta Jack Ward. Claiming to be Sir Roger Tichborne was a bold move for Castro. I'm going to speculate here that maybe it's possible that Arthur began using the Castro identity around the time that he decided to claim the Tichborne estate. But maybe not. Uh, like Holly was saying, we actually have no idea. I just like making up theories. We do need to point out that there were a few very noticeable differences between these two men. So while Castro was described as stout and boorish, Sir Roger, who we described earlier, was quite slender. He only weighed about 126 pounds. He was very thin. And we found this great quote while researching that he was all narrowness, which is how I'm going to refer to anyone who is tall and lean going forward. I love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> all narrowness. He had a long, pale face, and he notably had a tattoo on his left arm. That might seem strange to you, but tattooing in England in the 19th century actually became popular among the wealthy in general. By the late 1880s, tattoos were often literally a mark of wealth in European aristocracy. Their physicality between these two men was not the only difference. Castro could not speak or understand a single word of French. But Roger, if you recall, we mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, grew up in Paris. He was fluent, fluent, fluent. Uh, he had lived in Paris for almost all of his childhood and his adolescence and was so ingrained in Parisian language that he actually spoke English with a French accent. Lady Tichborn sent for Castro, who traveled under the Tichborn name. And at the urging of William Gibbs, Castro wrote a will before he left. Uh, well, there's nothing 
odd about writing your will. Some of the contents of Castro's will did seem actually a bit wrong. <laughs> just, just wrong. Um, so let's do two examples of what was wrong. Um, one, he mentioned family properties that did not exist. And two, he referred to his mother as Hannah Francis, when actually Lady Tichborne's name was Henrietta. So here things get curiouser and curiouser. He did arrive in London. That was in December of 1866. When he got to England, Lady Tichborne actually was not there. She was away in Paris at the time. So at that point, Castro traveled to East London in search of the Orton family. But he found out when he got there that they had moved. And when a neighbor asked after his business, he claimed that he was an old friend of Arthur, who happened to now be one of the richest men in all of Australia. And we know that was a big fib. Not to brag or anything. <laughs> He's the richest butcher in Australia. <laughs> That's why he was having a bankruptcy meeting. <laughs> right. Um, so after this trip to see or not see the Orton family, Castro met, and I'm going to use air quotes around this one, his mother. And he appeared, it said, to have a round face, fair, wavy hair, and that he weighed actually more than 100 pounds than Sir Roger had when he was last seen. And curiously, he did not have a tattoo on his left arm. Castro claimed that his traumatic experience of the shipwreck explained away any of the discrepancies and facts he couldn't remember or didn't know, right? We've all heard of instances where someone gets conked on the noggin and they lose some of their language capabilities or they forget certain details of right. their lives. It doesn't really explain where the tattoo went, however. No, it does not. <laughs> I was in a shipwreck and my tattoo fell out. It just fell <laughs> off. <laughs> it's not like you could easily have them removed in, you know, 1860. You can't <laughs> Lots of sand and rubbing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yes, it's certainly possible that a sea voyage and then a shipwreck could change a person's appearance a bit, right? Um, maybe some weight gain or weight loss. Uh, maybe he'd contract scurvy. <laughs> and, but Castro's appearance was really such a drastic transformation from that of Sir Roger. But Ultimately, none of this mattered at all, though, uh, despite the obvious discrepancies between the men. When Lady Tichborne reunited with her son, she immediately said, He looks like his father, and his ears look like his uncle's. Before everybody piles on Lady Tichborne, it is really easy as an outsider with no stake in this situation to think that she was being just ridiculously foolish in so readily accepting Thomas Castro's claim that he was, in fact, her son, Sir Roger. But do keep in mind, this is a mother who had lost her son and had been left without any definitive proof of his passing. So when you think about it in those terms, especially that she had been wondering what had ultimately happened to him for a decade at that point, who can blame her for clinging to hope or the idea that she could, in fact, be reunited with the person she told was a lost loved one? Right, right. Um, just because Thomas Castro claimed to be the missing baronet and Lady Tichborne was elated to have him back, that actually didn't mean that 
everyone else blindly believed who this was. Uh, There's even an account that the blacksmith in town didn't believe Castro was Sir Roger and told him frankly, and we quote, if you are Sir Roger, you've changed from a racehorse to a cart horse. Ouch. Pretty much the entire Tichborn family, except for Lady Tichborn, also believed Castro was a fraud. So when she died in 1868, Castro lost not just his only advocate, he also lost the Tichborn family support, which had included a hefty monthly allowance. Yeah, it kind of seems like the family just played along while Lady Tichborn was still alive because it brought her comfort. But when that was over, it was over. (laughs) So was he. Yes. (laughs) Those in the Tichborn family who were not convinced Castro was Sir Roger learned through a hired contact that they had made in Australia that Thomas Castro was not even actually Thomas Castro. This is when they learned that he was Arthur Orton, a man who had been born in London and made his way to Australia by ship years earlier. Whether or not Arthur Orton slash Thomas Castro was or was not Sir Roger, the story and the trials that follow captivated Victorian society. The press was ravenous and published daily reports of the trial's progress. And the way the Tichborne case played out turned an imposter into a celebrity. Arthur was honored at shooting parties and other gatherings, and then, and then he went to prison. <laughs> that sort of fascination and celebrity reminds me a little bit of Princess Caribou. Who they're like, yeah, yeah, we know you're <laughs> fake, but this is kind of fun. But you're fun, so you can stick around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are going to take another break for a word from a sponsor, and then we are going to talk about the trials. And yes, I did say that as a plural on purpose. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. 
how doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's start talking about the civil and criminal trials. Right. So there were actually two trials for Mr. Orton slash Castro. The purpose of the first trial, which was a civil trial that began in May of 1871, was for Thomas Castro to prove his claim that he was Sir Roger Tichborne. Because he asked to be given something which he thought he should be entitled to, legally, he was now referred to as the claimant, or in this case, as the Tichborne claimant, which is kind of a name that's stuck through the years. And that's because he was officially claiming the Tichborne estate. Castro dodged any and all questions about his relationship with Arthur Orton, and he denied he and Arthur were actually the same person. So in response to that, the prosecution threatened to call more than 200 witnesses, which is crazy, uh, to the stand to prove otherwise. There was one big thing, though, that Castro did not know about. When the investigators hired by the Tichborns were examining his life in Australia, they discovered plenty of people who knew Thomas Castro. But they knew him as a man named Arthur Orton, a butcher originally from London. It's got to be a terrifying whammo when you're like, no, I'm not that person. They're like, really? Look, we have literally a, a building full of people willing to testify otherwise. 200 people and probably a couple folders of information. You know, it's a lot going on. 
But the threat of the 200 people was really not the big problem here. In the end, the problem of that magically disappearing tattoo was what was the sticking point for the jury. So the first trial ended here, and it ended with the jury rejecting his suit. A criminal trial was now needed to determine if the claimant was guilty of perjury. This was a bit more involved. That trial was held between 1873 and 1874, and it became the longest trial ever in English court at the time. It lasted 188 court days. As an aside, because you're probably wondering too, that record was eventually overtaken by a much more recent case, which came to be known as the McLibel case. Legally, that started out as the McDonald's Corporation versus Steele and Morris. Further down the rabbit hole, that case began with the defendants producing a leaflet titled What's Wrong with McDonald's, which resulted in them being found guilty of libel and fined in 1998. That trial began in 1997. But then the long part is that they filed an appeal, which was Steele and Morris versus the United Kingdom, claiming that they had had an unfair trial. That was not resolved until the year 2000. So uh, (laughs) that judgment was eventually found for Steele and Morris that they had had an unfair trial. But even so, it ousted the Tichborn case by more than a decade (laughs) in terms of its length. A decade in court. like (laughs) I got stuff to do. (laughs) So, okay, taking us back to the trial of Thomas Castro. During the trial, Castro had significant recall problems. Among other things, he couldn't remember anything about the boarding school that he went to, including its name, nor was he able to recognize his own father's handwriting. There was testimony from a handwriting expert. We know now today, like, this is kind of a dodgy area. Not all people would admit this in a court, but... In this instance, his opinion was that the handwriting of Sir Roger Tichborne and Thomas Castro did not match. However, this handwriting expert determined that Castro's handwriting did match the handwriting of Arthur Orton. Another problematic bit of evidence? We could keep going on. There was, in fact, a real ship called the Osprey, and it did arrive in Australia. Finally, something about the claimant story that checks out, right? The wannabe Tichborne couldn't name any of the crew members, though. He couldn't remember the captain, and there was no mention in the ship's logs about rescuing survivors of a shipwreck, which seems like a pretty significant event that you might want to put in a log, right? Yeah, he did just enough homework to (laughs) to get himself into trouble, but not enough to sail him through. (laughs) There was more than enough evidence to the court that Arthur Orton slash Thomas Castro had in fact perjured himself. But during the trial, there's this weird little factoid that I sort of love. Arthur Orton drew cartoons, not just doodles. He spent his time sitting there drawing just elaborate cartoons. Right? One, he wasn't paying attention at the trial, clearly. But two, like, Arthur Orton drawing cartoons. This time in this trial, the man named Arthur Orton was found guilty. It took the jury about 30 minutes to come to their verdict, and he was convicted. He ended up serving 10 years of a 14-year prison sentence, and in some sources I read it was hard labor, but I'm not certain about that, so his sentence. On April 10th, 
The London Times published the following quote uh, shortly before two o'clock yesterday. The grand jury came into court and presented a true bill which they had found against Thomas Castro, otherwise known as Sir Roger Charles Doty Tichborne, baronet, and otherwise Arthur Orton for perjury. So all three men. Well, Sort One of. man and two not, uh, yeah, anyway, you know what I <laughs> Two AKAs. I put down my flowchart. <laughs> Throughout this whole tale, Thomas Castro slash Roger Tichborne slash Arthur Orton did admit <laughs> just one time that he was Arthur Orton, but that's because he got paid to say so. And once <laughs> he had that money in hand, he retracted the whole statement. So from that point on, he continued to maintain his lie, even though he no longer would legally have any claim to any Tichborne money or properties. So we're going to go straight now to the end of Arthur's life. So Arthur died in poverty on April Fool's Day. So April 1st, 1898 in London. And I kind of love that an imposter died on April Fool's Day. That's pretty perfect a little on the nose right it's it's just a little too much for me i have to love it <laughs> uh the new york times printed a short obituary for him including this quote arthur orton who sought to acquire the two million dollar estate belonging to sir roger tichborne died of syncope on april 1st in london so today, syncope would kind of be considered a symptom rather than a cause of death. You've heard of it before, but probably under the word fainting. Right. It's known to happen if you stand up too quickly because your blood pressure drops suddenly. Uh, to quote John Hopkins Medicine, quote, For most people, syncope occurs once in a great while, if ever, and is not a sign of serious illness. However, in others, syncope can be the first and only warning sign prior to an episode of sudden cardiac death. So while it's generally an unlikely sign of impending death, it is a possible sign that Arthur Orton may have had some form of undiagnosed heart disease, although we don't at all know that for certain. We're just kind of doing some back-of-the-envelope math regarding his health and his cause of death. Right, and it's one of those conditions or symptoms where it could be nothing, but it could it could be everything. <laughs> right. It's also yeah. sometimes associated with strokes. Right. But that was the only link that I found that was kind of a direct, like, yeah, sudden onset death is usually a heart disease issue. I found the same thing. Yeah. Um, so there's also actually uh, another odd twist to Arthur's already odd story. It checks out, but it's hard to believe. The Tichborne family had a plaque engraved as Sir Roger Charles Doty Tichborne, placed in Orton's coffin after he died. Strange. Yeah, a little. But they either know. had like a very good humor or um, they wanted to cover their odds in case they had all been wrong. I'm not sure. It didn't sound like they had good humor. <laughs> it, no, I mean, who would? But, I mean, they're up against this guy, so maybe, right. you know. <laughs> and I don't think I would be very good right. about it. Right, right. Uh, over the many, many years since Orton's trial, legal historians have, at least pretty generally, agreed that the claimant in this case was indeed Arthur Orton, 
using the name Thomas Castro. However, some 20th and 21st century historians and analysts have a tiny bit of uncertainty about that. They kind of feel like not all the facts are in. We'll probably not get them all. Right. Uh, but although some modern historians have some doubts, it is generally pretty agreed upon that Orton remains the imposter, the imposter of Thomas Castro and of Sir Roger Tichborne. So while we don't have a lot of facts to complete the entire story, the thing that I think is maybe most important is that we actually don't 100%, like Holly was saying, know the identity of the claimant yet. Um, perhaps if family members or descendants come forward for DNA testing, we might learn some more. But right now we're kind of just at that place. <laughs> I definitely stumbled across some folks who believe to this day that he was the lost Tichborn. I saw that too. And have even done like computer analysis of pictures of the a two facial men. Pictures, like, exactly, right? If this very thin man gained a hundred pounds over mm -hmm. a decade here, this is actually what he would look like. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's best if we never know. I almost don't want there to be DNA testing. I like I history know, right? mystery to remain intact. Um, on most of them, I do. Uh, most of them I would like to know. On this one, I kind of hope that like the DNA doesn't come through. I think when we had our stalkers season, I was much more into, you know, is this the person who's actually doing it? The imposters, right. a little different for me. Speaking of a little different, oh, uh -huh. that was terrible. That was terrible. I can't believe I said that, right? <laughs> We're going to the mocktail, not the cocktail. Listen, not every transition is perfect. No, that was bad. Just fine. You got us there. <laughs> the road was bumpy, but you kept driving, and here barely, we are. Barely, <laughs> barely. Um, so, okay, in thinking about this one, there were a few different things that I thought about, but I kept thinking about what really happened on that boat to Jamaica. Mm. And so I came up with a mocktail that I am calling Lost at Sea. I'm repeating coconut two episodes in a row, so bear with me, but it's a different format. It starts with a half an ounce of coconut syrup. I like the really creamy white coconut syrup mm -hmm. for this. I will explain exactly why in a moment. And then don't jump on me because I this has a, a, a coda because I'm going to say the name of a liqueur, but there's it's still a mocktail. Um, the next is one ounce of blue curacao, but you can get non-alcoholic blue curacao it's like a syrup essentially i found mine in my local grocery store my local liquor store also carries it so it's not difficult to find i found it like literally right with where you would find the pre-made simple syrup and your oh, you know right. like lime yeah. syrup and all that it's just in one of those little squeezy bottles one ounce of a blue sports drink i have a reason i'll explain it <laughs> And you're going to take those three things and put them in a shaker and shake them together and pour them into a, like a rocks glass and then add on top of it five-ish ounces, you know, to taste of lemon lime soda. Okay, here's what happens. One, it's blue, <laughs> like the waters of the ocean. Right. Um, two, like the coconutty thing kind of, uh, you know harkens to the Jamaican destination that was never reached. <laughs> the island vibe. Right. So here's the cool thing, though, for me. Sports drink, and I particularly like um, a low sugar, sugar-free sports drink. It Because of the electrolytes, it has this tiny little 
you don't even really process it, taste of salt. And so it gives this whole thing like a weird sense of salt water to me, mm-hmm. but not like that gross taste of salt water, but just like a, <laughs> a, a, a like something in the back of your head goes, am I tasting the ocean? Yes, a little bit. That is why this is called Lost at Sea. It is so sweet and yummy. It's like a punch I would love to make all the time, except it does tend to like separate if you let it sit for too long. Gotcha. Because I made several different versions and had to drink them all and see what was going had on. To. But, um, had, had to. Had to. <laughs> had to. It's for science. If you want to make the adult beverage version, is to use actual blue curacao in place of the syrup, which then it's still a pretty light cocktail because it's just a liqueur. It's not something mm-hmm. with a high alcohol by volume situation. You can always add rum to it if you really want to, you know, get into your tropical vibe of cocktails. But it's very yummy. This is one that even the husband liked. <laughs> <laughs> I make a special check mark next to those. I'm like, try right. that one. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> That one's yummy. And the nice thing is because of the coconut syrup and because you're doing the shaking, it also gets a little foamy on top. So you're getting like this sea foamy situation going on. It's yummy in your tummy. I bet it is. (laughs) I originally was thinking that the lemon lime soda would be the like sort of the frothy mix for the ocean. But I see I see now. (laughs) Yes. It's frothy before that even happens. But when you pour that in, it does bubble a little extra and you kind of get a nice sea foam effect, which I'm all about effects, of course. Of course. That's what makes it fun. Make it a little theatrical. (laughs) Thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us this week and going over the Titchborn controversy there was actually a movie in the late 1990s that i mm-hmm. haven't watched me neither it's i i think a british film um so i'm curious i want to look it up and and see if i can find it streaming somewhere so i can check it out if you can you should as well uh but otherwise we will see you right back here next week with another imposter and another mocktail Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. 
Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.